Welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. <laughs> and I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing A Highlander Walks Into a Bar by Laura Trentum. But before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can also find us at the PHX Nest Pod on Instagram and PHX Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at the Phoenix Nest Pod at gmail.com. The links to our social media can be found in the description along with a link to our Goodreads, which I finally updated, as well as the link to our favorite local independent bookstore, Mostly Books. All right, Kat. Are you ready for our second Scottish romance novel? Oh, man. This one was a contemporary Scottish romance. Which you don't get a lot of. No. Which I think is why I picked it up, because I don't see them often. Because everyone wants, like, old school, back from the war kilts kind of shit. I, well, we got kilts. Yeah, there were a lot of kills. There's a lot of uh, tartan going on. Too much fucking tartan. <laughs> it's you, a good time. It was all right. Do you all right. do you want to read the go. synopsis? I always want to. Always. Here we go. The timeless romance, soaring passion, and gorgeous men of Scotland come to modern day America, and the rules of love will never be the same. Isabel Buchanan is fiery, funny, and never at a loss for words. But she is struck speechless when her mother returns from a trip to Scotland with a six-foot-tall, very handsome souvenir. Izzy's mother is so infatuated by the fellow that Izzy has to plan their annual Highland Games all by herself. Well, not completely by herself. The Highlander's strapping young nephew has come looking for his uncle. Alistair Blackmore has never seen a place as friendly as this small Georgia town. Or a girl as brilliant and beguiling as Izzy. Instead of saving his uncle, who seems to be having a lovely time, Alistair, I hate his name so much, decides he'd rather help Izzy with the Highland Games. Show her how to dance like a Highlander, drink like a Highlander, and maybe, just maybe, fall in love with a Highlander. But when the games are over, where do they go from here? Oh my god, I hate it. Okay. Let's see if we can pick out, I told you, there was wrong things in this. What do you notice? What do you think I was okay. telling you? Well, first off, the wrong thing starts off with, um, what's his name? Grant? Graham? Who is the dude that the mom falls for? The quote-unquote souvenir. What is his name Garrett? There you go. Started with the G. <laughs> this is how much I did not give a shit wow, about that. Jess. Um, so first, first off. They call oh, him Gareth. Gareth? That's why. That's why. Neither one of us fucking knew. Grant. <laughs> Graham. Garrett. I was Gareth. close. Gareth. Uh, Sorry. So it starts off by saying that um, Alistair is Gareth's, unc- or Gareth's nephew, but we we as the reader know that, but they don't know that. They have no idea about any of that. Oh, uh, let's see what else was there. Um. Oh, the fact that he teaches her how to dance like a Highlander? No. That's not true. And he's not wooing her in that. No. They're literally doing it because they're going to be opening the Highland Festival. And then he doesn't teach her how to drink like a Highlander. He t- She takes him to the whiskey thing because that's where they have to do the dance. And then she's like, I got to have a drink. And then he gets shit-faced with a bunch of dudes. Yeah. So, mm, just some inconsistencies, I guess. Okay, but... <laughs> There were inconsistencies throughout, and a lot of it was, like, grammatical errors that drove me crazy. Yeah, that's something that both of us often talk about, and that just comes from probably just from reading a lot. Um, The one that I saw continually was self-depreciating instead of self-deprecating, and it made me really annoyed. That was so stupid. Because, I mean, honestly, they're so close to the same word. Like, depreciating is losing value. We understand that self-deprecating is, like, kind of making a joke of yourself. Exactly. So, like, I guess lowering your own value, but, like, no. It was the wrong word. I thought it was just, like, a typo, but then it kept coming up. I was like, no one caught this? Like, come on. Who's the editor? Well, and then they dropped so many words. Like, there were words that should have been there that just didn't exist. Like, they were completely gone. And I'm like, did they even try to put that in there? The tartan print is copyrighted on here. Is it? Yeah, it says on the back cover, Tartan Print Copyright Stephen Robertson, Shutterstock.com. <laughs> they stole someone's tartan. And that's actually Shutterstock is the cover photo, too. So they just stole it. 
The Shutterstock stole and then, like, revamped the design to make a Highlander. That's so weird. You could find this actual man on Shutterstock. <laughs> I don't like that. St. Martin's Press, you write, you you publish a lot of my favorite romances. What the fuck? That's and maybe it's because this was her first one. I mean, it could be. Maybe, But this they... wasn't her first book, though, either. Because, like, she's got a long list. I don't, I don't know. And the only reviews are from other review sites. Fresh Fiction and Night Owl. Great. So, like, I don't... We digress. I don't know. Um, let's start off with... What, I, did, you, what did you like about it? Did Was there anything that you liked about it? Other than the accent? <laughs> yeah, we have to not take that into consideration. I was going to ask you if you had read the list of other books by this author in the front page. I skimmed them after I finished reading it yesterday. I would like you to know that the Cotton Bloom series is almost all country music titles jangled about to be novels. What the fuck? The last one, The Military Wife. Actually, I think most of these are. The Sweet Home Alabama series. Oh, God, no, don't name it. I know Sweet Home Alabama is like, like a popular song. My kids... Um, that's now a common thing, I think, from TikTok, where it's, like, they do, like, weird southern, um, how do I put it? Incest jokes? Ew! And they'll be like, when your grandma kisses your brother on the lips, and then they'll sing Sweet Home Alabama. Is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Why are kids so strange? I don't know. But anyways, um, set the night on fire. The military wife. That doesn't quite... Guess what I won't Whatever. be doing? Reading any of those. Reading any more of these. Okay. Um. So, in all, I kind of enjoyed the characters themselves. Okay. Um. I think that the characters were kind of solid. You know, we have, like, this internal struggle, and we have the mom who's, like, flighty and, and also kind of scary. And then we have the daughter who's, like, I have, I'm bound to duty, and I don't know what to do with myself, even though I want to be this author who wants to write a southern bestseller which i'm sorry i understand about like harper lee and stuff i get it but if you reread that lately it was a tough read i didn't even it was a tough read the first time i read it because it's it's supposed to be written for like middle to high school Ugh. but it's so much um and then, like, she talks about magic and the fae and like all of she stuff. wants to write this great southern gothic but and it's all sad, and every time she gets a letter that's rejecting her work, they're telling her it's missing some magic. And then she just talks about, like, the fae and the whimsical woods and shit. Why aren't you writing that? Because it's childish, I think, and she wants to be, like, a serious author. Listen. But then she runs the Highland game, so it's like, Be childish, on. because that's the kind of shit that I like to read in my free time. I mean, it's way more fun to read fantasy that's well-written than contemporary that's boring. You know what I mean? 100%. I, I don't know. I liked Alistair. Um, he was fine. His mother was what I expected. From like a British lady. Yeah, I didn't hate him throughout the book like Izzy did. I think she was a little overdramatic at I, like almost every turn. I felt like Izzy was very... She was very childish throughout. She was very naive. And I don't... I think that's a misconception of, like, southern folk. Yeah. Like, you can come from a small town. You can be southern. But that doesn't mean that you're, like... I don't know. Like, child-like. Like, it wasn't... I think it was meant to be whimsical. Yeah. And it, it just, just didn't, didn't hit the mark. It didn't come off Um correctly. They also peppered in some southern phrases... Some of which I knew, most of which I knew, because though my family isn't Southern, we are white and from the East Coast, <laughs> and, uh, you know, on my mom's side. And so, stuff like, that we say, to be funny, like, butter my butt and call me a biscuit. Yeah. That was putting on a little thick. Um, bridges? No one says bridges anymore that I'm aware of. Um, It's like an old, like... My dad's side, apparent. So my dad's side of the family is originally from Arkansas. So like, my dad was one of the first generations in Arizona. So he said some weird Southern shit sometimes. 
Where I was just like, what? And, like, that's fine. I mean, we have friends that are like that, too, and they'll just say something you're like, but what does that mean? But <laughs> we but have an entire book, list of that shit. <laughs> I think if you're going to go full on Southern speak, she didn't, she wasn't written with this, with an accent most of the time. No. And he often referred to her accent as like honeyed Southern, which isn't Georgia to me. So, so I, I would think that would mean like wealthy Georgia. I like do. old school. I would think so. I do this thing where if I'm not going to listen to the audiobook, I'll listen to a sample of it. Okay. So you know to, what their voices sound like? Yeah. Oh, God. Was her voice honeyed? It was so <laughs> slow. And she kind of, her Rosie's, Rosie's was the worst. Because she was like, well, what you need to do? And I was like, why Which did she talk like, like that? Like Georgia. Like Georgia has a very specific accent. Too. It was very breathy. Um, and and it's. Um, do you watch, did you ever watch The Office? No. There's a part where Andy is talking about the different versions of a Georgian accent. And so he's like, you got, you're, now you're talking that Southern Georgia. <laughs> where you talk slow. You know, That's like, like stuff plantation like that. And, and it's true. It, the South has a lot of different accents. And so yeah. ha- not having a very specific accent written as an accent is always a problem for me. Yeah. Because... How else am I to know, aside from you outright telling me? The only, and well, like, on accents, let's talk about that for a minute, because mm-hmm. we didn't get Southern written in, but we didn't get very much Scottish written in either. The only real way to they tell. They said fash once. And they and he calls his dad da. Yeah. And, and that's then that's. It. That was it. Pretty much it. And I guess part of that is because his mom was British. And maybe that is why. But, he, but then he always talks about how his brogue is really strong. And he grew up in Glasgow. And he talks about how when he's, like, horny, his brogue is, like, or, like, when he's really emotional, he's, like, difficult to understand because his brogue is so thick. And then when but he's drinking, too. we didn't see too, that at all. We didn't see that either. I... And you've got Gareth. A little bit with him. Like, I don't know. Okay, so, first off, let's, let's go to the very beginning. So... Okay. Iz- Izzy meets her mom at the airport, picking her up from her trip to Scotland. And her mom's like, surprise, I brought back something. And she's like, is it your earrings? Is it your scarf? It's a whole ass man. She brought a whole ass man from yeah. Scotland. Yep. Which he's huge. He's huge. He he's, knows how to pack a trunk really well. Yeah, he's assumed his, his fake name, which is not really fake, like... He just changes his last name to yeah, the the, it's the, fine. the groundskeeper of this uh, manor that he lives at because he's he's an earl. We don't know he's an earl until we meet Alistair, and he's faking being the groundskeeper because he wants Rosie to like him for, for him for him, yeah. which is like fair. I understand that, and I think that's something that when we've read celebrity romance, mm-hmm. that's really really common. But we don't often see that in the royalty ones. No, and this he would be kind of considered royalty. I mean, he's an earl in a in a weird way. He's titled, I guess, he's titled, saying, not yeah. royalty, but you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, and so Izzy goes through this whole thing of being really angry. Her dad died 10 years ago. Her mom randomly brought home a guy and didn't prepare her. It was a surprise. And their mom's like, oh, but you love surprises. She's like, no, you love surprises, <laughs> which I totally understand. Me too. I don't like surprises. Please don't surprise me with anything. I don't want that. I generally like good surprises, um, but I'm not like a surprise party person, if that no. makes sense. I'm not about my own birthday anyways. As you really so, are. So that's part of that. But... Um, but if you're gonna, if you, no. I don't, I don't wouldn't, I don't me. think I would show up with a whole person as a surprise. Oh, um, man. romantically. Let me edit that. Cause I have brought my sister home as a surprise to my parents. Like, I was like, I'm going to the gym. And then I went and picked her up at the airport instead. I mean, like that kind of thing. That was adorable. But, like if I showed up with a whole dude and I was like, this is the person I love. They'd be like, the fuck? Like, <laughs> how? <laughs> I, if you brought in a dude, just like you went abroad and came back with a, a whole person, my response to you would be like, A, what the fuck are you thinking? B, why? And C, what? How? Yeah, it. It would be weird. It might be something I do, though. Like, if we're being real. Um, but anyways, so the the problem is, though, we have an issue where Izzy and her mom, first of all, I feel like they don't know what they're doing. 
They are the ones that put together the Highland Games, which is awesome because it's this big festival and it's supposed to be authentic. And um, they have the games, like physical part. They have drinking and food and all this stuff, right? And so every summer they put this together. On they their don't property. make hardly any money off of it, which is weird to me. Not only that, but they do it on their property. Mm-hmm. But they p- clearly don't charge enough. Clearly. If people are parking there and there's porta potties and there's businesses and performances. Like, there needs to be a parking fee and an entrance fee. But, like, there's, first there and should be so much more happening. They and have she's like, coming. Izzy's always like, but it's a good boost for the economy, except for them. <laughs> it's great nothing. for all the little shops, but not us. They're, well, their roof is so, falling apart. They need a new roof, and they're talking about Trying to get that. a loan and all this stuff. In like, they're not developing the land. No. And like, that's so, not really an option. So she thinks that Gareth is here to take her mom for all she's worth, which I don't think is a whole hell of a lot to begin with. It's very strange because he has way more than she does. And when we find out that he's an Earl, I'm like, well, Izzy should really not be worried. <laughs> they're supposed to be working on this together. It's a thing that their family's done forever. And then Gareth shows up and then Alistair shows up. And it kind of stresses Izzy out more. But she's like, well, now I'm playing all by myself. Because her mom's supposed to be the, the like, dragon lady who, like, is in charge and is in command and can get everyone to pay their booth fees and and commit and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. And it's, oh, my God. It's like, it's this weird, he thinks that she, Rosie's taking, so Alistair thinks Rosie's taking all of Gareth's money. She's after it. Not that she's taking it. But she's after it. Gareth thinks, or Izzy thinks that Gareth's coming for her mom. It's this weird, 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 weird storyline that I was like, all right, whatever. Just like a conversation would help that. Yeah, I, there were so many points in this book where they could have just sat down and talked normally. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm not quite sure, like, what Gareth's point was. Like, he was, at the end, he's like, I was going to tell her, I was going to tell her, but he was going to tell her right before he left. He should have told her probably before the festival so she could decide what the fuck she wanted to do. And that is the worst timing ever, too. So... I've had a magical time, but now we're leaving forever. Like, okay. Well, and Garrett's not really sure what he wants to do. Does he want to leave? He wants to be with Rosie forever at this point. The problem is he, he feels like he can't because he's the Earl. And it doesn't occur to them ever that he could just pass on the title to Alistair because Alistair's like... I can't be, you know, Scotland, blah, blah. He's a big grump and he wants to keep working in London and whatever. Oh, for his shitty job. So he has this horrible job. It's kind of shitty. He doesn't really like it. It's his it's boss stressful. His boss is awful. Everyone's kind of bloodthirsty, it sounds yeah. like. Um, and so he makes a mistake and he asks a coworker, like, hey, can you look into this property and see what the value is and what's going on with them? Just, you know, get back to me. And this coworker, instead of, like, getting him the information, was like, hey, we could probably force these people out and, like, own this land and sell it for a ton of money. So he passed on to their evil boss. Ugh. And that creates a whole different problem, but not really. Like, it creates a problem for Alistair. And it creates a problem within the trust mm-hmm. issue. But, like, nothing, like, had he not told her, no one would have known. No. Because the loan got handed off to a different bank so that it wouldn't be messed with. It was still going to go through. Like, yeah. it it didn't make sense as, it, like, a weird, nefarious plot It point. was a miscommunication that needed to happen between Izzy and Alistair, and I think it was just a, a thing that the author was like, I could do this and it would work. But, like, the fact that he was going to have to leave could have just been the difficulty. That was or a, yeah. the, the fact that he suddenly was going to become the Earl. And she was an American could have been the difficulty. Like, and there were so many other a, directions. Yeah, and there wasn't even a difficulty in the end, in the long run. So, Which was so confusing, because usually that's what I would expect it to be. Like, I don't want you marrying an American, because our bloodline is Scottish and English. Yeah. And hers is probably trash, or whatever the reason, you know? <laughs> probably trash. Because the mom refers to the Buchanans as the t- the American tarts. Ugh, or whatever. Whatever. So, whatever. It's just, it was... It was a difficult to understand plot 
Yeah. In that it had extra things we didn't need. Yeah, it did. But you know what? In the end, it was still a fairly short book. Mm-hmm. It was a fairly easy read once I got to the point where I was just like, just sit down and do it. Because it did take me a couple days because I just wasn't enjoying myself with it at all. That's I didn't the hate point. it, but I also didn't laugh. Like the last one, I felt like I laughed. Because that one was funny. Like I enjoyed it. I had so much hope for this book based on the title, Highlander Walks Into a Bar, because that's how funny jokes start. He didn't even a walk into a bar. so walks into a bar. But, I, well, technically he did. But it was, he was in an ill-fitting kilt, and he was angry and jealous. <laughs> and then they went and had the sex. And I just, I don't, there were just some problems. And I don't think it all, like, stemmed from one single character. I think no. it's just maybe the writing style. Yeah, I think so, too. And we've had that problem before as well in other books. And it's just something that's really hard to get over when you have a book that's very long and part of the series and has an epilogue we didn't like. Like, there was more to it that went against it than it went for it, in our case. Because we're we're pretty picky, we'll be honest. We're pretty, pretty I'm picky. extremely picky. And it's not even, like, it's weird because I'm not really picky about the the genre, like, or subgenre. Yeah. I'm just picky about the details within the book, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, What do we want to, let's see, I'm trying to think of what, ugh, duty versus birthright. How did that even... I, it wasn't necessarily her birthright or her duty to take on the Highland Games when her dad died. She just assumed that she role. She just did it. She didn't have to do it. I think she felt like she had to. And I think that stems from her whole, well, the town is counting on us thing. And, like, honestly, if the town is counting on you, maybe the town should help you. Because right? two people putting together an entire festival is ridiculous. Like, any event that you've ever been to has, like, a chairperson yeah. who leads... And then, like, ten people that then lead other people. Like, it's never just two people. That makes no sense. So, my hometown has a thing called the Tractor Rodeo. Um, Mm -hmm. It's exactly what you think it is. Yep. It's small. It's not very large. It's done on the grounds of the um, irrigation district, which is right there. It's just what it is. It's a little base, a couple baseball fields, essentially. And... My grandfather was one of the founders of this thing, which is fucking bizarre to even think about. And then when he died, my dad took over his spot on the board. And people expect that, too. That's like a weird family legacy thing. Well, my dad was also the kind of person who had his hand in, like, everything. Yeah. Because he was, like, part of Kiwanis, and he was on the school board, and just, you know. dad did Kiwanis. Yeah, my dad did Kiwanis. like a cult. (laughs) Like an old people cult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then now little kids. Yeah. It's like a weird religious. Anyway, sorry. Anyways. So he was part of that. And there was like a board and they spent a whole year getting it together. And it's like there are certain benchmarks you have to meet. Um, You have to have vendors committed by such and such time. You have to have the date set mm-hmm. way early. Like there's so much that goes into planning an event in general that it's impossible. It's not feasible. No. For a small town and this to expect two women to do this on their own. When you're also expecting tourists, because it's a huge yeah. tourist attraction for them. This thing is huge. I mean, if you have and they don't bodies, have hotels. No, they have like, hotels, but they, they were have, like, out. A hotel. Yeah, they didn't have a whole lot. I just. It sounds a little bit like uh, how Country Thunder would be. Like everyone, Ugh. bring your trailer, <laughs> like a tent. <laughs> oh God. But, Country but, Thunder is not something I've ever wanted to. Experience oh my God! Either. I wanted to go. But every time I want to go, no one wants to go with me. Or I know other people who are going, and I'm like, mm-mm. That's a bad idea. I'm not going to go that. So I'm not going to get myself in trouble. That's a forced proximity thing that I don't want to be involved in. I just don't want to be. I don't want to be around those people. You want to go to Country Thunder? No, I don't want to go to Country Thunder and be around people. Ex? Oh, God. <laughs> no, um... That's, like, dangerous in itself for me. It's so. not something I'm into. That's not a thing. Speaking of forced proximity, because of Gareth coming from Scotland, Alistair is basically forced upon poor Izzy. She's like, I don't want to be around this guy. What the fuck? I think it's- and I think that was supposed to showcase 
the Southern hospitality thing because he's like, oh, no, I'll go get a hotel room. It's not a big deal. And then the mom is like, no, no, we have plenty of space. You're you're just going to be here. But then they have, like, a Jack and Jill bathroom. Oh. By the way, if you're going to write in a Jack and Jill bathroom, I fully expect full nudity at some point. There was, like, oh, she dropped, she almost dropped her towel. And I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> there What's was, the point? There was, if she turned just right, he could see her butt because she was only covering her front. Also, like... If you've ever been somewhere that has a Jack and Jill bathroom, you know when someone else is in there. Mm-hmm. You know. You can Even hear Regardless it. of whether or not the door is locked. You can hear them. You can, like, smell their shower. Like, <laughs> you can smell their yeah, shower. Yeah, which sounds weird, but you can, like, smell their soap and stuff. Like, I don't know. It was just an unrealistic thing for me. I just, I'm, all I can imagine is Jack and Jill bathrooms and dorms. Ugh. Ugh. No, thank you. Gross, 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 but, gross, So, gross. the other thing, though, is that this, like, shared bathroom, really close bedroom scenario isn't even what leads to them having sex. No. Like, that should have been the easy route here of, like, oh, God, we have to share the bathroom and walk in in the shower and he's naked and whatever, right? One thing leads to another. I have you know, feelings. Makes it, it makes it awkward and then it's kind of sexy or whatever and that's not it at all and oh it's god it's so weird and the friend giving her a whole thing of condoms so she gives her like a strip of condoms which is what like six <laughs> i don't even know i think no i think it depends on how big the pack is yeah one. but i think it's like between six and ten something like that depends on the brand maybe first off go buy your own fucking condoms you have a store go do it I never have understood that. I've given plenty of people condoms, and I've never understood why you cannot buy your own condoms. Why also is it that the girl always has to supply the condoms? Also, you're not going to like the same ones I like. There's a reason I buy the ones that I buy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's kind of a different thing. Um, I don't think the girls have to. I think that as an adult, it's best for everyone to be prepared and girls most likely have a better place they won't get destroyed. That's accurate. Because fair, the wallet yeah. condoms are not good. T- gentlemen, if and you're you listening. And you can only have one at a time. Yeah, gentlemen, if you're listening, don't put your condoms in your wallet. Whereas, like, emergency condoms, I have as many as I want in my purse. No one's going to know. You know what I mean? So, like, maybe that's it. Um, I just kind of figured as I got older, like, as a grown-up, that's a thing that, that everyone is expected to do. Yeah. It's a thing that if I am planning on having sex... I should be prepared for the sex. And I, it was one of like the most obnoxious things in other friendships where it'd be like, do you have condoms? Go fucking buy condoms. They're not expensive. expensive. They're literally sold everywhere. And if you want to be like, you know, if you want independent woman, go go fuck some random, then go buy or, or tell them you're in charge of the condoms. Straight up tell people. Yes. Because he could have gotten condoms. Normalize it. As, as... That's never even... I've never had a problem with that conversation, As ever. a queer woman who's A, not having sex, and B, <laughs> not having straight sex, I want you to know, don't come to me for a condom. I don't have those. I don't buy them. What I do have is more than likely very, very expired. And you're probably not going to want those. But, like, again, just buy your own. Yeah. Yeah. Buy your own, please. Dear God. All right, we have to talk about the bad sex scene. We have to. Well, that's because it's the only, like, full sex scene. It's the only sex scene. Which is very confusing. Okay, so this starts when Holt has finagled a date out of Izzy, which I also think is gross. He's like, we'll just meet to talk about the festival, and I have something to talk to you about, blah, blah, we'll meet for a drink. And she's like, okay, but it's just for a drink and the festival stuff, right? And he's like, yeah. And then it's a lie. And he's like, wink, wink. He's like, in a nice shirt, wearing cologne. Picked a table at the back where it's kind of dark and romantic. Like, he lied. And that's annoying and gross. Ugh, don't do that. So, so he's, she's there just to have the drink with him. And she has previously already kissed our Highlander, right? Yes. And, um,. So they're talking, and he's like, how come we're not dating? Blah, blah. He's, like, taking it where it's not supposed to go. Yeah. And at the same exact moment, 
which doesn't make any sense to me either. Alistair is across the way getting fitted for a kilt. What time were they meeting for a drink? Because she, like, went and was supposed to get her hair and nails done. She went and had that talk with Anna. Like, He's right? being fitted for a kilt at 9 p.m.? See, that's... And then... So, then his uncle, Gareth, is like, you know, you, if you feel this way about her, you should, like, tell her. You Are you going to let her be on a date with that little ninny? And he's Ugh. like, oh, shit, you're right. But first off, Holt isn't little. The dude is fucking huge. He's going to fight Alistair. Yeah, and I think that's, like, so, okay. So, Alistair, like, barges in. He's in his boots and his kilt and a t-shirt, whatever. And it's, like... Kind of the feeling of, like, slow motion thing, I think, you know. It, yeah. Like, the, the sexy guy showed up, the, the hero showed record up. record screech. Yeah. And so this is, I think, where the title comes from, um, or where, what resulted from this being called this in the first place. I don't know which came first. It's a chicken or the egg kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but he walks in, and he, like, kind of barges up, and he's, like, jealous and grumpy and whatever. And she's like, oh, gotta go. And they leave. And she's like, I really don't want to have sex in my mom's house. It makes me really uncomfortable. And he's like, well, then where do you want to go? They're going to go to the barn. And they're going to the barn. Which, like, I mean. It's a barn. I guess it's fine. I mean, it's it's a structure that one could have sex in, should they choose. And it didn't sound like his little sports car was going to be a good idea. It sounded very small. Yeah, that wasn't going to work. No. The part where she blurred out, like, I would love to sit naked on these seats. I was like, shut Ugh. up. Every time she called him lickable. You're so lickable. What? No. I've never told anyone they were lickable. I've probably told them I want to lick them. But I don't think I've ever been like, you're so lickable. <laughs> it sounds, it just sounds awkward. It sounds And childish. now I imagine it in like a Georgian accent. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, so they end up not being able to because she, of course, gets injured. Because she's clumsy in a weird way and just falls out of the car. How? She hadn't even been drinking. She drank, what, two drinks? I don't know, but she fell and, like, scraped her knee. She falls Uh, in, like, weird things, like, weird situations. She does. She fell off the stage. She doesn't have any apparent, like, head injuries or anything, but she just, like, collapses, it sounds like. (laughs) But then she doesn't do other klutzy things. Like, she doesn't walk into, like, tables or, like, doorways or shit. So, I don't... That's another inconsistency it thing. Just if you're sense. clumsy, you're generally clumsy. My sister. Like, you run, you just run into things or drop things. My sister would trip over thin air when we were children. She just kind of sounds normal, but, like, her feet don't work sometimes. Probably. You know I, mean? I don't... So, they end up having to go to the house. Instead of going back to the barn, as was the original plan, they end up going to her bedroom... And she has him keep his kilt on. Did that feel weird to you? Yeah, because all I can think of the was mechanics like, of because kilts are not short schoolgirl skirts. No, kilts go to like your knees. Yes, or maybe even a little past your and knees. they're pleated. And so him having sex with her, but wearing the kilt, I just feel like he's holding his skirt up and like. Getting some hip thrusts. It felt so strange. Like I was like, "Why? Wait!" I have and this she's the one that wanted him to keep it on. Yeah. After she talked about what a nice ass he has, I I found it so strange. I was like, all I could think of was like his kilt was like over the top of his dick, like being like, held did up he by tuck his it into the top, like. <laughs> like, like, like you can't see what I'm doing right now, but it's funny. Cat, Cat is trying to figure out how that works. But I'm using my shirt, <laughs> and so it's like I get what she was going for. She was going for the sexy, um, like role play, like, like '90s cover version of Highlander sex. Oh God, it's, you know, like a Fabio Highlander oh, sex cover. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the the sexy, like tartan. Like, sash well, because technically, like, there that part is part of the actual kilt. Yeah, where was that? Because like they use their whole kilt as a blanket. Like it's a big thing. Yeah, and they wrap. Like there's a whole way to wrap it and tie it. But like, so he lay he took floor. his shirt off, but kept the kilt on. I just the logistics of it didn't make sense in my head. It was a thing that I didn't want to picture. To understand, yet I had to, because she also was, like, awkward. 
I kept losing track of the scene. Because she, I think she put too much verbal sparring. Yeah. It's totally fine to talk during sex. It's welcome to be, like, jokey and cutesy and stuff. Yeah. But, like, I don't, I think it it didn't add to this, is what no. I, I mean. Like, no. our last one, we liked yeah. them, like, being sassy with each other. And I feel like this one, it was too distracting. Well, they weren't just sassy with each other in the bed, but they were sassy with each other outside of it, but in a really weird, non-humorous way. Because she was really mean. Yes. And I don't... And he had a lot of sexual And then she would have, like, word vomit. Ugh. She would, like, she would say something, and her mom would be like, Isabel! How could you say that? Whatever. And he would be like, that was kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, I guess, fine. But it was just some of the the verbal stuff, I think, was very distracting, which makes it limited. When you're reading a sex scene, I don't know about you, but I want to, like, be able to focus on all the sexiness. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like this one did a very good job in describing the actual sex. No. I don't need it to be full-blown, like, porn. No. Description style, because we've read some of that, and that gets too much. That goes beyond, like, that like, like sometimes you read one and you're like, this is pretty good. And then you read another one and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> this is too vivid. Like, the we're going to go back to, to Fifty Shades, the, the ginger in your asshole thing. That, what the Why? fuck? I still don't know what I read when I read that. But why? Okay, we'll deal with that at every time. <laughs> but like, but like, there's an in between. Yeah, where it's like off the page, fade to black, and then Fifty Shades. Mm-hmm. And we need that good middle ground. And we hit like missed the mark in a lot of ways for this one. Yeah, I think. yeah. Um, it just didn't do anything for me in any way, shape, or form. Um, which was too bad because I felt like the, it should have been easy to write their chemistry you know based on his childhood and their ages and their shared ambitions their shared life experiences and like just the fact that she found him fucking sexy as hell i can we talk too about how neither one of them are willing to talk to their parents about sex i mean i haven't talked to my parents about sex well, like, and it wasn't even just sex. Like, oh, but me, like anything romantic, anything romantic. Oh, yeah. Because, well, like, well, Izzy's freaked out by the idea that her mom is with Gareth, which I'm like, okay, go for your mom, man. My parents got divorced when I was a teenager. My dad had a girlfriend before he died. It wasn't weird when he told me. I was like, okay, cool. I think maybe that's a southern gentility thing that we just were shush we're hush hush about well, this then it was weird too because alistair finding out that his mom who hated his father that sounded like a really difficult relationship yeah we found out that she's had a boyfriend for like a year and just didn't tell him i and then she was he was really weirded out about that and i was like okay like if my mom came to me and was like i met someone i'd be like cool hope he treats you right and he's an asshole i think Mom, I think it would be listening. really, really difficult because he did say that, like, after his dad died, he was an absolute, like, terror mm-hmm. child. Yeah. And I think maybe that put up that wall that she just, like, never told him. And he is just thinking, like, oh, she's a stone-cold bitch and she's never going to love anybody, you know? She wasn't a stone-cold bitch, though. I think she just put on the airs of being, like, a cold British person because sometimes like the <laughs> british aristocracy like titled women can just kind of become off as snobbish and not even titled women just snobby ass women would she technically keep her title if he her husband was titled and died is she still a countess yeah so then yeah she is still titled yeah because that's why she was concerned about gareth finding an american Remember she said at the beginning, if he yeah. has a child, then you lose your, yeah. your inheritance or whatever. So I think it's one of the things that we read about a lot, especially in contemporary, because it's very popular to put British people in contemporary books. Mm-hmm. Um, Just the airs that they put on. And really anyone with an accent or like a, a thing. So like we saw some some of that with the Southern yeah. stuff in this book. But we saw a lot more because a lot of it was blamed. A lot of the miscommunication or lack of communication or whatever it was 
is blamed on how his mom is British. And and that's just how they are. And, you know, she's just, she's not really an unfeeling mother, but she also is an unfeeling mother. It's like, whatever. Um, okay. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't hate the mom. I actually kind of liked her. When we finally meet her, she just sounds like she's tired of them being stupid. Yeah, she's over And I'm like, shit. oh, I get it now. <laughs> well, I like, too, that she came down when he mentioned the festival and mentioned where he was at and then also couldn't stop, like, smiling through the phone when he talked about Izzy. She was yeah. like, my son's in love. Better go meet this chick. Because Lord knows he won't do anything the right way. Um, let's Let's talk about the grand gesture in this case yes because we did have a grand gesture we did and even though it was uh poorly played out it was the the thought was in the right place and i guess it's the thought that counts right? it's the thought that counts so let's start off first so they get into a fight because they izzy finds out what's really going on right and izzy and rose are both mad and they run off Right, and it's all the lies come out at once because Izzy just, like, marches up to Alistair after the opening ceremony is like, you know what you've done. And he's like, that I lied about Gareth being my uncle? And he's, like, freaked out. And she's, <laughs> she's like, like, what? <laughs> and she, like, freaks out more. that wasn't it. He just took a it wild guess. It was the guess. thing, and he guessed wrong. And so he outed himself and made her more upset. So that all comes out. Rose and Izzy... Go back home. They're like, you two need to figure yourself your shit out. Don't yeah. come near us kind of thing. And Alistair's mom is like, well, let's get some drinks because they're at the whiskey tasting. And they get shit-faced. And on whiskey? On whiskey. First of all, they should all be dead. No, I give me uh, two whiskeys and Cokes Ugh. and I'm done. I don't, that's, that's all I can do. Whiskey's just... And especially if it's at the whiskey tasting, that's good whiskey. Oh, yeah. And good whiskey will kill you. It'll fuck you up. Yeah. Oh, God. It's just bad. So, well, it's good, but like, it was bad feeling. Yeah. So at the beginning, when Alistair realizes that Holt is in love with Izzy, he and Holt talks nonstop about the Highland Games and how he's going to win the caber toss. And he's always flexing his biceps and his shirts and shit. I'm doing it. It's going to be a four-peat. I'm going to win for the fourth time. Which is like, okay, I get it. And then he keeps talking about, well, you know, the prize is Izzy kisses the the laird of the games. On the the cheek. Whatever. And he's like, I'm hoping it's more than that. Whatever. Gross. Just general bro speak. Well, you know. So... His mo- Alistair's mom keeps saying that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But go for it if that's what you want to do. Right. And he, in his drunkenness, becomes friends with the guys who are going to be in the game. His Bec- competitors. His competitors. Yeah. Because he gets this bright idea that he's going to confront them while drunk and tell them, "This is what I need to do to win her back." And holds the one that helps him. He's like, "Listen, everyone, this man has messed up." Real bad, and he needs our help, but it means you're gonna have to lose the games. And they're like, boo, like, no. Yeah. And then they're like, but it's for a woman. And they're like, oh, yeah. And so, so, so they make that choice together. They become the best of friends while drunk on whiskey, which I think is what happens when most people are drunk. Like, you're around random people, but then you're like, you're either gonna fight everyone or be friends with everyone. Yeah. And in this case, because of Holt, he was friends with everyone. Yeah. So they become friends, and he, this genius idea is that he's going to win so that Izzy has to face him mm-hmm. and give him his prize. And so the day of the games comes, and everyone kind of knows something's up. Half of the guys drop out because they're looking a little green. and Which makes sense if they drink all that whiskey. Yeah. They're just hung over. The other half... Stay in the games, but they're not performing as well. And they keep saying, well, maybe it's because they drank too much last night. And Izzy's like, no, like, they always drink too much the night before. Like, that's the whole point of this. And the, like, the stat keeper, who's, who has, like, a bunch of jobs. He's, like, a doctor. And, like, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a veterinarian. He's a veterinarian. You know? But, like, he's like, oh, I know what's going on, but I can't tell you. And she's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And he's like. Sworn to secrecy. It's up to them. Because she's they, like, okay. They stay at Dr. Jameson's house that night because uh-huh. they can't go back to Stonehaven. Um, so they're playing the games and she's like, Holt First should be winning. All, 
we need to talk about these games because it's not something that we got to talk about in the last book because they didn't exist in the last book. But the games are like all these like really old feats of strength Olympic style games, but almost all have to do with geometry and brawn. That's it. That's all you need. The caber toss is the caber toss. literally throwing a tree. Have you ever watched the caber yeah. toss? It's terrifying because yeah. it's huge. It's not just like a stump. No. It's like a long ass, like 10 foot. They have different sizes, right? Yeah. But it's like, what? And you're supposed to lift it and you're supposed to flip it end over end and it's supposed to be as straight as you can get it. Yeah. I don't even know how you would get any of it. Uh, he explains picking it up. But, of course, the caper tosses at the end. He's just thrown a bale of hay over his head, over yeah. a bar. And then the, the hammer toss, the anvil. The hammer toss, which is, like, a ginormous kettlebell. I just, I'm impressed, but I'm more impressed that he's not dead. <laughs> or severely injured. And the doctor's like, you just pulled your muscle. It's How did fine. he not tear his rotator cuff? I don't know, especially because he's like, I work out, but like, he this threw, is not. He threw the caber and was like blinding pain and fell to the ground, but he just pulled a muscle and to ice it. And then he didn't go to the first aid tent to get like an like a second opinion by an actual human doctor. I just see the consistency stuff is a problem. But it works because she's like, oh my god, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Are you okay? But not really. I mean, she's like, why would you do that? And well, why are you, like, how hurt are you? And like that and kind of stuff. Technically, they, she had talked to her mom right before that about it. They finally had to talk about, you know, what it means to be happy and you, you're allowed to be happy. Yeah. So she forgives him, whatever. He gets his kiss, but it's not a cheek kiss, and it's barely PG-13. It's supposed to be real sexual. On a stage, in front of people. Because they're in love. I don't care. They want to bang it out. PDA in front of me. They have makeup sex. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Makeup sex. Come on. Um, They They end up figuring out their shit. Thankfully. Yeah, they wrap up. So the wrap up of the book is actually pretty okay. Yeah, that didn't irritate me. It was the actual epilogue that irritated but me. It was okay. So the wrap up of the book is that he and Izzy talk and talk and talk and decide, you know what? We probably have a solution for these two, and it's that I'll be the Earl and Gareth can stay here, which is what I was thinking the entire time. So, anyways, they present that and they're it like, works. "Are you sure?" You know, they're. The parental figures, even though it's an uncle, are like, are you sure you want to do that? Is that okay? And she's like, it would be great for my writing. Izzy's like going to be writing in Scotland instead, which will help with the magic. Maybe because she's not going to write the great southern tale that she Scottish tale instead. Whatever. And then Alistair's like, well, I, I quit my job in an epic fashion and told Richard, is that his name Richard? Yeah. To like fuck off. He also physically threatened a coworker before he quit, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um, which actually, that was probably my favorite part of the book, which is sad. It makes um, him. It makes him sweat so bad that he has pit <laughs> stains after. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, but it's July in Georgia, so like he probably had some pit stains. Just yeah, it's hot um, as fuck down there. So like he's like, well, I'm in need of a job, and that's kind of a job, you know. So they like work it all out, and that's fine. And then that's the end. Until the epilogue, which Jessica hates. Actually, I kind of hated it, too. So, okay. go ahead. <laughs> so, first off, the epilogue starts off with some other dude named Ian. He is the the, gra- the actual groundskeeper's, like, son. son. George. George's son. Yes. No, George was the mean guy. George was the mean guy. Oh, see? I don't, see? They were boring secondary characters. Who gives a shit? So, we get this random dude, so it's a, suddenly it's a different point of view that i'm like who the fuck is this guy and that's not normal for epilogues that's usually the same perspective is the epilogue so he's meeting with alistair and rose and izzy rosie izzy he's meeting him in the library he has to duck to enter so that means he's fucking huge and wrote and izzy's crying and he's like oh god i can come back later yeah and he's like no no we need you now come to find out these two dumbasses who couldn't buy their own fucking condoms are pregnant 
Surprise! Surprise! Pregnancy! And we need you, Ian, to go to Highland, Georgia and help my mom with the Highland Games because I'm due in July, according to my math. Go see a doctor. Please, they'll give you an exact due date or an, an approximation of a due date. I just don't like when it ends with them. Oh, we're getting married. Oh, we're pregnant. Shut up. Stop that. I think maybe that's because we like happily ever after, but we don't always like classical happily ever after. No. I mean, it's okay if it's like an engagement or whatever and the epilogue is your wedding. Yeah. Um. The the pregnancy thing that gets thrown in there a lot is kind of strange. I know it's a reality, which is fine. Um, but it's just it was just weird. And also- It felt um, misplaced. They briefly, she, Laura, Laura, briefly <laughs> describes um, that Ian has severe PTSD. And that doesn't set us up for success in the book that he'll be in. Because he's going to be traveling by himself to a place he's never been and living with people he's never met. Yeah. And he's supposed to... So the idea is he's supposed to run the Highland Games while Rose and Gareth travel to see the birth of the baby. So no one experienced will be with this man. And they're like, but don't worry, our friend Anna will help you. Anna's a dance teacher. Yeah. She's she's there getting the gremlins together, as they call it. So what that means to me is that Anna is going to help him through his PTSD and help him embrace <sighs> life in a small town. I, I rolled my eyes so hard it physically hurt. I just... We I've talked about this before. I don't like when PTSD is just like thrown in. No, as a character building point, it's and not, that it, felt like one to me. It's not something that should be a character building point. It's ridiculous, and I hated the ending. And with that being said, <laughs> let's rate this damn book one um, out of five stars. I'm gonna go two point five. It had potential. Okay, I was so excited. Because of the funny title. Because I thought it was going to be, like, what's the one about the bakers? Like, um, Alina Jacobs. I thought it was oh. going to be funny, like, because they're always, like, kind of gross funny titles. Yeah. Like, Pumpkin Patch or whatever. We read the the Christmas one, Eating Her Christmas Cookies. Yeah. And we're like, ew, but, like, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was going to be something like that, where it's going to be the Highlander walks into the bar. And instead, we got hot-ass, sweaty, humid Georgia in summer. And, I don't know, I didn't hate the characters. I, if we could, like, filtered out most of the storyline that I think wasn't necessary, I think the storyline was fine. Yeah. It was just that there was so much excess that you could have gotten rid of. You could have easily trimmed out a lot of the the details and left it alone. Yeah. He could have come from a job he hated. And that could have been it. That, yeah. He could have just been like, I hate my job at the bank or whatever. Dude, it doesn't insane. have to be, like, his character. Um, but, yeah, that whole storyline I felt wasn't necessary. No. Um, the secondary characters were kind of weak. They were all – yeah, they were very um, weak. They were pretty weak. And it makes it even more interesting that they'll get their own books. Because normally when we have secondary characters a la Alicia Rye, we, we know them. for sure who's going to be in the next book. Because oh, it's sure. very clear that they have been a huge, huge chunk of the supporting yeah. characters. Yeah. Um. So all of those things. And then the self-depreciating versus self-deprecating thing. The weird I, grammar mistakes. Yeah. It just, it makes me think that either you don't know the word or... The number of editors that had to read this before you hit send was zero. And that's concerning. I gave it a two. Okay. It did have potential, but I didn't like a majority of it. It is also one of the cheapest books we've purchased to read. Is it? It's $7.99. Look at that. So outside of like a Kindle special for like $1.99 or whatever, this is one of the cheapest books that we've purchased for this podcast. podcast. That's also got to do with the fact that we don't read a whole lot of mass markets either. Yeah, and I think that's true, but it also tells me something about quality sometimes, I feel. Eh, you pay for fair. what you get kind of yeah. feeling. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. I just know that I Izzy annoyed me. Rose annoyed me. Gareth needed to grow some fucking balls. Alistair 
had a lot going on. There was a whole plot. Alistair that- is like weirdly the most solid character yeah. in here, and usually it's the heroine. Normally, yeah, and that's fine. There was also I noticed while reading this not only just the grammatical errors that were in it. I also noticed that it flipped POV in a way that wasn't always seamless. From his to hers. Yeah. Okay. And, and that made me crazy. Yeah. And I think it's totally fine to flip perspectives. We've read a lot of books with it. Yeah. And it helps to better understand male characters versus female characters a lot of the time. Not all the time. The voice changes the between the characters, and that's fine to show the voice changing. However, it didn't seem seamless in no. this case. Um, so I gave it a two. I won't be reading any more of this author's work. Which makes me <laughs> sad because as a fan of, like, country music, um, like, just so we're all aware, like, her books are, like, Slow and Steady Rush, Caught Up in the Touch. Caught Up in the Touch is, like, a really famous line from a song, right? Yeah. Melting into You, Kiss Me That Way. What? That's a huge throwback to, like, a 90s song. Ugh. 90s country was the best. And if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. Um, Then He Kissed Me, Till I Kissed You. Then we have, like, Candy Cane Christmas and Light Up the Night, Light Up the Night. Leave the Night On. Leave the Night On is, like, a newer song, too. When the Stars Come Out, Set the Night on Fire. And then we have The Military Way. Which is, like, a random like title. Like, random and not really something. But, like, all of those are, like, solid titles. If you were going to tell me it was a Garth Brooks starring in a Hallmark movie. Fuck, yes. Then I'd be like, oh, this Garth Brooks made for you. Oh my god, have you ever watched any of those? Um, I think I've seen like parts of them because my mom watches a lot of Hallmark. Because definitely one of the ones that they made from the Garth Brooks songs was the creepy one about the old lady <laughs> taking that kid's virginity. <laughs> I saw a commercial for it once and I was like, no, I hate that song. It's like a classic country song about her lightning and fire and yeah. Her velvet skin and all this shit. Oh, God. I have that song in my head now. It's so bad. <laughs> Anyways, it's. I'm wondering if maybe the problem is country is more her thing. Maybe. Maybe country is what she's good at and this was like going out on a limb to try out a Something new thing new. for funsies. That's fair. And so maybe like base because all literally all the books <laughs> are very Southern. So maybe that's it. It could I'm, be. I'm still not. I'm sorry, Laura. I'm still not going to read um, one of your southern ones. I can't. Even though I love the Sam Hunt, George Strait. Garth Brooks, Garth 90s Brooks, country shit. you know, Diamond Rio kind of feel you're yeah. bringing to the titles. I, I can't do it. I just can't bring myself at this point in time. But we also have had a lot of trouble finding good country romances. That aren't racist or feel racist. Or very virginal. Yeah. Because a lot of that, that's a lot of where you get the, what's happening between my legs? Oh, whatever. Which is like, eh? Bittersweet rain all over again. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that book. I hate that book. I'm sorry. (laughs) I want you to know before we announce the next book and leave, um, I cleaned out my bookshelves. Bittersweet rain is not on my shelf any longer. I did not donate that book you threw it away straight in the trash yeah, can like this piece of nora roberts is gonna be upset with no you. it's sandra brown oh nora, see, one of the two nora, i don't know nora roberts is gonna be like girl same um the one we read about basketball that i didn't like slam dunked by love yeah the one that we didn't like mm-hmm. um there's a free library, like free book exchange outside of Uncle Bob's Popcorn. And that happened to be in my backseat. And I definitely was like, here's a new book. And it's like the newest <laughs> one on the thing. And I was like, oh, Lord help oh, us. Oh, God. That's hysterical. Anyways, so- what's our next one? You're excited about it. You've already read it. I did. And okay, so. Which is weird because usually. I try not to read. That happen. We try not to read the books before we do them because um, we have biases. So <laughs> a little bit, yeah, just a little bit. So we are going to be reading um, for the month of May. We're going to be reading YA romances. We've never done young adult romances on the podcast. Right. Um, Which is weird because you we're not expecting sex scenes. No, we're only expecting sexual tension. Maybe we're I think just maybe like kissing. Cute, I don't know. Yeah, just something cute. cute YA cute stuff. YA stuff. I read YA. You read YA. Yep. 
we're not opposed to it. We know what we're getting ourselves into. We're not in this for the sex scenes. Although no. we do like to talk about them in, in gra- like graphic detail later. That's just because it's us. <laughs> um, so our first young adult romance is going to be a paranormal romance. And Which is, is awesome because we haven't done enough of those. I don't think. Um, this one is going to be Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas. I had to read it for my book club, and I'm going to tell you now, I fucking loved it. Oh, good. Okay. Um, This was the most uneventful book club we've ever done because everybody in the group loved it, so it's really hard to talk about. It's hard unless you're going to, like, dissect the characters yeah. or something really specific. So, so hopefully we'll find something to talk about um, for this one. We're gonna. I'm going to preface this by saying this is a trans male author who wrote a trans male character. Oh, good. Okay. Um, and it is just amazing. I love this one a lot. The, it's got a really great magic system. Um, it's got a really great history because this is a history uh, that we don't normally see in um in books mm-hmm. often because this is covering um brujos and brujas and Dia de los Muertos, which is really All fucking right. exciting. So um, so I should watch Coco. You know, I still haven't seen Coco. Oh, girl, you need to watch Coco. I don't want to cry. <laughs> But it's, it's so good. I don't want to cry. But it's so good. Maybe I'll put Coco on while I'm making dinner. Yeah. We'll see. Do it. All right. So uh, join us next time as we discuss Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas. And until then, remember, bad bitches read romance. Bye. Bye. Bye.